Oop Dreams, the podcast, an Unlearning Network production. The brother that's in the house today is from Windsor. He's a Windsor, Ontario native. You know, those for you who don't know where that's at, that's up there in Canada. Go back to school. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But get your geography right. That's up in Canada. Check this out, AG. He was ranked a top 10 Canadian prospect coming out of the Catholic Central High School. He started his college career at Vincennes University in Indiana, where he was named a JUCO All-American. Get this. After that, transfer became one of the Wildcats. We ain't going to hold that against him, even though they lost his... Even though they lost to say, but we ain't gonna hold that oh, against man. him. He wasn't on that team, but he's a <laughs> Kentucky Wildcat alum. He played for the Golden State Warriors and the Orlando Magic, and is currently right. in Sioux City on a two-way with the Miami Heat, chasing his hoop dreams. We want to welcome up. to the show the one and only. I'm gonna give his full name, Michael Mulder. I'm Will Gates, and that's my dog. Arthur A.G. What's up, Mike? Appreciate you being well, on the man. show, man. How you doing? For sure. I'm good. Oh, I'm man. good. I appreciate you guys what having pleasure. me. It's our pleasure. Thank you for taking some time out. We know you in the, the busyness of your season. And yep. so, man, I, we want to we want to just get into this thing. You were born literally the time when Hoop Dreams came out. Yeah, 94. So my question, 94. So my question is, have you seen it? I saw it when I was young. Um, I saw it when I was like 12 or 13 years old. So I definitely got to go back and watch. Um, like, <laughs> but even even then, like I recognized how important it was culturally. Um, you yeah. know what I mean? Growing up in Windsor, uh, we're the border city of Detroit, right? So um, I got mm-hmm. a lot of guys, a lot of friends who grew up in a similar situation. So I, I totally recognize the, the cultural aspect and, and how important the film is. Absolutely. Big time, man. Real congrats on your... Uh on your call up, man, on your contract with the heat. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. It's, it's a long time coming for sure. Yeah. I, I know it's been, man. I know for it's sure. been, but just think back on it. All the hard work you put in, man, all the, you know, if you ever was self doubting yourself, shit, you, Hey, none of that is all that's out the window. Now you there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've always been a fan of like the path less traveled. Um, and I feel like, you know, that's obviously been my journey. Um, a lot of guys get, get that straight line, straight path to, to the league. Um, and I knew early on that that wasn't going to be my path. So um, I appreciate wow. it. And, and it, it makes me value, you know, every moment um, you go into you go into practice um, at the base minimum. I always tell guys on my team, um, friends of mine, you know what I mean? Like we get we got the best job in the world. You know what I mean? We're going in mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and this is our this is our day shift. We, we get to get shots up and, and bounce the ball and, and hear the, the shoes. Wow. Squeaking. Um, you know, I don't I definitely don't take that for granted. So. I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate that. Well, well, listen, Mike, you know, our story for the podcast is a little bit different than a lot of other podcasts. We want to get into the Mike Mulder origin story. Now, you're going to have to help me with uh, the name of your city. You was born up in North Ontario. Now, how do you pronounce the city? I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to kill it. No, it's a, it's a Tobacco. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's close Tobico. to Toronto. It's, it's in that GTA area. Okay. Okay. Mm. So you went to school in Windsor, but we want to know. And our listeners want to know, man, tell us about your childhood growing up. What was your neighborhood like? What was your family like? Give, give us some give us some of the Mike Molder history. For sure, man, for sure. Um, being born in Etobicoke, I was adopted when I was uh, like four or five months old um, and brought down to Windsor. Um, I got two mm. incredible parents uh, who have been here for me throughout the whole journey. I'm really fortunate for that. Um, coached in the inner city uh, at Windsor Catholic Central. Um, which led me to start going and playing travel basketball, going to camps in the city. Um, and, you know, at first my dad wasn't the biggest fan. You know, you got to drive me a half an hour uh, to get to practice, get to games, stuff like that. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I developed a really close relationship with these guys, um, played with them my whole travel experience growing up. Um, and when it was coming time to choose a high school, a lot of guys just go, you know, where, where they're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of us were like, why don't we try to be the powerhouse in the city, man? We're the best travel team in the city. We should we should be able to dominate. Um, we should all just link up and go to the same school at Catholic Central, right? Um, for me, that was kind of out of, out of district. Um, but still, at that young right. age, I recognized, you know, um, the game was so important right. to me that instead of going and, and going with my childhood friends to, to school up the street, um, I wanted to go into the inner city and be part of that. 
Um, and that was important to me and a decision I made early. Uh, everybody, everybody was questioning, like, why do you want to go to school half an hour away? Um, you know, I'm going to, I, I've been in public school my whole life. They're like, you're going to go to a Catholic school with the, you know, with the, uh, uniforms wow. and all that. And I was like, none, none of that matter. You know what I mean? It's the basketball program that mattered to me. So. Hey, Mike, did you, did you sense the, the basketball there when you was growing up in Canada? Did you sense that there was a difference of play, of play style and then the suburbs, then the, then the city? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. I knew that the basketball, the quality of basketball was going to be better in the inner city. Um, and what I was used to, wow. uh, the, the coach Cusimano who ran all the camps, ran our core city team. Um, he was the head coach at Catholic central. Um, and it was, mm. it wasn't him that pushed me to go to the school as much as it was me and my teammates being like, man, if we all really joined up, we could do something special here. Um, and I was not missing, mm. I was not missing out on that. No, I couldn't miss out on that quality of ball. That's for sure. <laughs> that's heavy. It's, it's it's funny man and, and and break this down for a little bit us because most of us including myself we don't know the the basketball vibe necessarily in canada what's what's the basketball vibe like it's good man it's growing um and that's that's the most important part when i was growing up we only had a few canadians in the league mm. um you know you we basically looked at Steve Nash and and a couple other guys, and that was it. You know what I mean? We didn't see guys like ourselves at the highest level. Um, but, you know, it's funny being from a border city. Uh, I could be in Detroit from my house in like 10 minutes, right? It's like a mile across the bridge. And guys right across the bridge are getting that getting that attention. You know what I mean? The recruiting is different. Mm -hmm. um, if you go a few hours, if you go a few hours in the other direction to Toronto, the recruiting is different. Um, so being being that border city in Windsor, we were kind of like, man, we're being overlooked over here. Um, you know, I think we got to link up and do something special in this area for sure. Now I read somewhere, man. How you got your name? Is it what was it from the Lakers, dude? <laughs> yeah, it was. So my dad growing up, um, he was a huge Lakers fan. Man, uh, a lot of my childhood memories are him waking me up out of bed to come watch what just happened on the game because <laughs> I'm too young to, to stay up. Um, right. Falling asleep on the couch, waking up in the bed, watching Shaq and Kobe. Um, and so that that is where where my name came from. He loved the spelling of uh, Michael Thomas or Michael Thompson, mm -hmm. sorry. And uh, that, that, yeah, yeah, that's where he got it. So it was funny, actually. Uh, obviously, all these years later, linking up with Clay and Golden State. And everybody now everybody's noticing like, hey, uh, are you named after Clay's dad? And I'm like, uh, you know, that's, that's definitely where the, definitely where the spelling came from. I, I never brought it up to Clay, but that's that's definitely where it came from. Yeah. Really? You, you didn't bring it up, huh? No, nah, man. Nah, I, I didn't want I didn't want a little bro me. You know what I mean? I, I didn't bring it up. <laughs> I feel you on that one. Speaking of brothers, you said early, man, you got some brothers, sisters. Are, or are they athletes? I got an older sister. She's not an athlete, um, but she's always been super supportive of what I've been trying to do uh, with the game. You know what I mean? And my family was really supportive, always coming out to games. Um, and, you know, that's something that I definitely don't take for granted. It's, it's crazy. Um, you don't realize these things when you're young. Um, like my dad was at every game. He drove to every tournament, um, things like that. And I like no one really said anything about that. Um, and I don't think I recognized it until, you know, maybe when I was in college, a little after even um, talking to some of my old teammates, they're like, you know, Mike, like your dad was the only dad around when we were coming up. You know what I mean? He was the only one that was always there. Um, and wow. that's something that, you know, growing up, we didn't really we didn't really talk about it or I wouldn't think about it because it's my dad being there. You know what I mean? But right. now, now yeah. I recognize how important that was to some of these guys having a father figure there supporting us. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you recognize the role that your coaches play as well. All of a sudden, you're not just a coach, right? You're playing a father figure to a lot of these kids and, and someone to look up to and where you get your values. Um, and that's the beautiful part about what the game can bring. So, Everybody, you know, from AG to myself and others, mm -hmm. we all wanted to be somebody growing up. Obviously, you know, with AG, he wanted to be Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. I thought I was... Jordan, I thought I, you know, everybody wanted to be somebody. For sure. Who did you model your game after? When I was really young, Shaq was my favorite player. I was sure really? I was going to be, I was sure I was going to be a seven footer, man. I was positive. <laughs> and then <laughs> one day when I was like 12, 13, um, my dad takes me to the doctor, basically like, yo, doc, how, how, uh, how tall is this kid going to be? Cause he's taller than all the other kids. 
You know, is he is he going to be tall enough to really really be dominant in the paint? And the doctor is like, Mike, sorry to kill it, but uh, you know, you're going to be max six five. You know what I mean? Everybody loves McDonald's fries, so yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I mean, if you if you, <laughs> if you push a six six. You'll be lucky. So I was like, man, I better oh. study. I better start studying Kobe a lot more, uh, pay a lot more <laughs> attention to them guards out there. Uh, so I paid a lot of attention, studied Kobe a ton. Um, when Shaq went over to the Heat, that's the. I think that's the same year D Wade and all them came into the league. So um, I really, mm-hmm. I really watched Dwayne Wade a lot. Um, modeled my game after him at the time. I remember I was slamming my feet to the side, shooting free throws and all that. Um, so i we had we had a lot of good role models in the game growing up um to really watch and and model your game after so there was there was a lot of guys i studied but i say those two are were the guys i watched the most well i ain't never mad at you for shouting out that marquette alarm id way oh yeah right right hey hey right (laughs) did you uh now coming from canada did you i mean in windsor did you play any other sports Hockey, soccer. Man, I played, uh, like, growing up young, I played a lot of sports. I, I played soccer when I was real young. Um, mm-hmm. I was always athletic, so I didn't know exactly which one uh, was going to be my favorite. Mm-hmm. I played basketball, baseball. Um, when it got to high school, obviously by then, I'm, I'm super locked in on basketball. It was always the one I loved the most. Um, but, yeah, in, in high school especially, I played every sport I could. You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's, it's a really big – it's important for guys – um, not just for athletic ability and stuff like that, but it's like, man, just at a base level, I like having practice after school. You know what I mean? I, I like having something mm-hmm. to look forward to. I like being part of a group. Yeah. So uh, it, I, I played every sport I really could, basically from September to the end of the end of the year, um, just to main, wow. make sure I was I was coming to school, going to practice, being part of the group. You know, man, it's amazing to hear you say that because even though in my days and AG days, we were so centralized on one sport. Right. You know, it was basketball, basketball, eat, sleep, drink, 24 mm-hmm. seven. But to hear you say that you were doing multiple sports, was there any competing factors? Did you say, man, I'm going to play ball, or, but I'm starting to love this a little bit more. Did you ever run into that? You know, I always loved basketball the most. Um, I would come to school early, uh, riding in with my coach and I get in the gym. We put shots up, um, just playing pickup, coming, going to a school in the inner city. It was a lot of basketball. You know what I mean? So we've, We'd all be excited to get to school because we could hoop before class. Um, you never hear kids being like, I'm excited to come to class. It's like we were excited to come hoop before before school. Um, but, you know, it, that's that's the thing. Like, I definitely uh, – basketball was my first love. Uh, my track and field coach would always be mad at me because I'd be shooting hoops, bouncing the basketball. He'd be like, yo, we're doing laps. I'd be like, yeah, I want to I want to bring the rock with me. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, I got I got to work on these moves. Like, I, right. I can't, I can't right. be running around the gym with no hoops, so – <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I tell you, my high school coach was completely different. I remember the football team was like, man, Will, you got big hands. I, I, I can see you out there. My coach is like, no, we won't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it came to... <laughs> with, with, with me, I played, I, played, I played three sports, like football, basketball, and baseball. I actually... I only did... I only did football and baseball was just to show myself that I could play these sports. Right. But then, like, after I, after I was like, because I had played on this uh, league team at D- St. Vincent DePaul, the baseball league. After I was like, I played there and I was like, oh, okay, I, I'm all right in this. I'm not great, but I can hit, catch, field, all that. Mm-hmm. Play football for a minute. And then it was like, I got hit real hard. I was like, no, nah, I don't like that. I don't like to get hit real that damn hard where it shake yeah. my insides. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to just concentrate on basketball now. I, def- I definitely <laughs> feel that. When I when I first got to high school, I had never played football. And uh, all, all the other guys played football before. So they were like, yeah, Mike, mm-hmm. um, you know, come out and be a receiver, man. Like, you got hands, you're athletic, you're fast. They're like, you got to come play receiver. So I come home. I'm like, yeah, dad, uh, I'm going up to football tomorrow. He's like, hell no, you're not. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? And I, I had to beg him, man. I had to beg him, dad, please. You know what I mean? I want to be part of the group. I want to, I basically wanted to, like, like you said, I want to prove myself I could do that. You know what I mean? I thought I could, yeah. be, I thought I could be good at whatever back then. So I was like, let me, let me give that a try. So I, I played football for a few years and I was pretty good at it. I remember some of my, uh, some of my coaches would be like, Mike, you know, I know you love basketball, like you're really here just to be an athlete, but 
you know, you could be, you might be better at football than basketball. And I was like, coach, settle down. Like, you're not going to, you're not going to turn me. You're not going to, you're not going to convert me. (laughs) Trying to geek you up. (laughs) Trying to, trying to convert me, man. I I was like, man, I, uh, I definitely, I definitely can't do that full time. So it's a little much. And that's, that career is too short for me. Wow. So talk to us about some of the, the, the big names that came out of Canada. And this is actually a twofold question. Um, mm-hmm. Every kid coming up, man, there's, there's somebody they got to get past. Yeah. Growing for me, man, this guy in the neighborhood, and it could be high school, it could be high school, it could be pros. But there's yeah. some there's somebody you got to, you like, man, when I beat this dude, yeah. who was it for you? Who did you have to overcome? Well, with me, it wasn't a guy that was my age. It was a guy who had came before me, Bill Davis. Um, you know, he was dominant, two-time uh, city MVP, uh, Mr. Basketball, all the, he, he had won off, so which is like winning our states um, and all that. So I, when I, he went to Catholic Central as well and played for the same coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I walked through the halls, being a kid, I remember they, they have a hall of fame and there's, you get your picture taken if you're, you know, Mr. Basketball, city, first team all city, these things. And I was always like, man, Bill Davis up here like 12 times. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that, that's the level I want to be at. So mm-hmm. I was like, man, one day I'm going to be in this hall. And by the time I was old enough to walk those halls every day, I was like, man, I'm chasing this guy. I'm chasing this guy. Um, mm. And it was, it was great because he was old enough that he would come back and give us wisdom. Um, he would look at me and be like, hey, young fella, like, I know what you're trying to do. Um, and you could do mm. that. Like, don't, don't be, don't be afraid of, of failure. You know what I mean? Like you could, you can inspire for more. Um, you can surpass what I did here. And I was like, man, I didn't say like, yeah, I've been chasing you my whole life. I just took it. I took his knowledge and, mm-hmm. and continued to grow. Right. Uh, and by the time I was done at that school, I had, I had done all those things. And, and, you know, I had, I had achieved what I, what I set out to do by chasing him. You know what I mean? He was two time. Right. I was two time. We had one officer as well. Um, you know, all of a sudden I got my picture up on the wall a bunch of times. Um, and it really came from that type of inspiration. You know what I mean? I was like, this guy was at a whole nother level and that's where I'm trying to be. Hey Mike, what, what, when you was coming up or when you was, when you was playing in your high school days, when you would go, you know, have games and stuff like that, did, did you have a nickname? Nah, I didn't really have a nickname, man. Um, they knew I was coming, but they just called me Mike. They, they didn't really have a nickname. You yeah, have a nickname? Really. Oh man! When I played in when I played in Detroit, which we would do often, my coach is really dope at getting us into tournaments and stuff uh-huh. across the border. He would he would bring us across because he knew that's where all the recruiting was. Guys weren't mm. coming down to Detroit and coming into Windsor and watching our games. So he would be like, "Man, we're gonna scrimmage this team tomorrow. We're gonna play in this tournament." Um, and play against these Detroit cats that, that are getting all the recognition and we can show that we got some talent over here. Right. Yeah. Um, but so when I would go across in Detroit back then, I was more of a dunker than a shooter. Um, and they, they'd call me air Canada a little bit, um, mm-hmm. you know, but it was funny. Like these guys, like you said, like they eat, slept, breathe basketball. Like they'd be shocked yeah. that we'd come across the border. Like I, I only went, like, say I go to like eight mile, that probably took me like 20 minutes to get there from my house. And they'd be like, man, you came all the way from Canada to, to come to practice. Like, yeah. and I'm like, man, you know, that's, that's 20 minutes that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. they, they ain't seen nothing but the inside of that gym <laughs> their whole life. So, um, you know, it, it was, a, it was a great experience and I'm really thankful that my coach was able to get us into those, those types of opportunities. What's the name of that gym that Jalen Rose say they all used to play at? Is it still there? Which one was that? Which one? It was the um, little. It was the little small, tiny one. I want to say Saint Anthony or something. Man, I forget its name, but we it, it was still there when we were, when we were coming up. Um, it was still there. It was a, it was in a tough part of the city. Yeah, um, you know exactly. It was always it was always like, man, who's driving? Uh, <laughs> which, <laughs> which 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 parents are bringing their cars over? And my dad's like, <laughs> yeah, me. I'm I'm ready. So we wow. We definitely got to play against a lot of the elite teams and a lot of the gyms that these guys came up in, um, and you could re- you could really tell the difference in you know where we're from and, and what they what they've been seeing every day. And that's what I want to ask you about. How how was that? What, what kind of mindset did you got to take in that coming from Canada, uh, then going to Detroit? Like I I've, I've been there on you know Eight Mile, and it was familiar to me because I'm from Chicago. Yeah. But, <laughs> But what what was what were you thinking? What was the process, especially going to play against that type of competition? Did you think that level was different? How did you know you can compete there as well? 
toughness, man. I knew that going across, you're going to have to bring toughness. And mm. that was something that our team had. Um, we had the skill, but thank God we had the toughness. Because if not, you're going to get eaten alive over there. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? These guys have been playing together, playing with their older brothers, playing in the park all day since they were little kids. You know what I mean? So it's like if you're not going to bring some sort of toughness and strength to your game, like you're yeah. not going to make it over there. You're going to get blown out by 40. So um, we could bring the skill. but If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. If we didn't bring the toughness, we knew it was over with. So we, we definitely we definitely brought it to them over there and showed them, you know, we're not, we not too far from where you guys are from. Man. And, you know, we, we mm. get down like that too, so. I feel that, man. I feel that. Man, we want to jump into your high school, man. You, you're being recruited. You at Catholic Central. Um, how did you and your family pick Catholic Central? I mean, you talked a little bit about it, but um, was it because of the basketball or was it simply because of the, the educational aspect that it offered as well? It was it was really hands down because of the basketball. Catholic Central is a great school educationally. They got um, they got an awesome ESL program, inner city school where a ton of guys, um, a ton of refugees. I think there was like like a hundred countries that were represented in that school, um, really wow. diverse, um, which was awesome. You know what I mean? Um, but it was really because of the basketball. They had been a powerhouse for years. Um, we had the best coach in the city who had been coaching us since we were young. Mm. Um, and I knew that I knew that we would thrive in that in that situation. And I knew that that would be I, there's no other place I would, I would get better um, other than there. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I knew I, I could. It was a decision that was tough because coming in, they were like, man, Mike, we want you to play on the senior team. Um, and I was like, man, I came over here kind of at the, at the time. I'm like 14. Right. So I'm like, I came over here to play with my friends. You know what I mean? Like with, with the guys I grew up playing with. And now you guys yeah. want me to play with the older guys who I never played with. Um, and they kind of put it to me like this, like my coach and my dad sat me down and were like, yeah, Mike, like you could have went with your other friends to any other school. Um, like you want to be a big fish in a small pond or you want to be a small fish that gets bigger in, in the big pond. And I'm like, yeah. man, at the time you're a kid, right? You're like, I mean, big fish in a small pond sounds fine. <laughs> I remember they said, they said, yeah, Mike, they said, yeah, Mike, you know, it's up to you. If you want to play juniors or seniors, it's totally up to you, whatever you want to do. I say, you know, guys, I think I want to play with my friends. My dad got so red. He said, Mike, you're playing seniors. What you talking about? <laughs> like, okay. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. You got to feel that, man. I love that. That <laughs> is sure. crazy. So so was that transition? Because um, I, I, I think about, and again, like even with the Hoop Dream story itself, you know, it, it developed into something different, but it initially started out as AG and I going from unorganized basketball to organized basketball. Right. Did you did you run into any of those things? Because I just remember when I first got to St. Joe's, man, seeing a truly structured practice and, you know, right. watching like right. AG and I, I remember the first day, man, we was watching the varsity play because we had just got done with our practice and, these yeah. dudes coming out looking like professionals, man. You know, they yeah. got, you know, the uniforms on, you know, the practice gear. And was it, was it like that for you as well? There was absolutely a transition period. You know what I mean? It goes from being practice is all fun. You're, it's basically your fun and games. You know what I mean? And then when, when I came over to Catholic Central, it was like, no, nah, this is serious. Like for a lot of these guys, this is their, this is your opportunity, man. He's looking at a lot of us like, and myself included, it's like, Mike, you like this is going to be your path to to go to school. This is going to this could be yep. a job for you one day. Um, like without this, like I don't know where you're going to be at. So it's like you're going to have to take this another level up when it comes to being serious, when it comes to being structured, coachable. Um, and that's that's a transition period for any kid. But I think yeah. Yeah, at our school, it was important. And our coach recognized that a lot of us, that was going to be the avenue um, and, you know, the the pathway for us to get where we needed to go. How you pronounce how you pronounce Coach Pete's uh last name? Kuzumano. Kuzumano. Yes, sir. <laughs> Shout out Coach Kuz, man. Shout out Coach Kuz. That's what's up, man. Kuzumano. So how far did you guys get your, your your senior year? We won. Uh we won officer, which is like winning state. Um, you know, when we first came in in ninth grade, we're looking at the banners up there. They had won a few years prior. 
And uh, all we wanted was to get, we were like, we want a banner and a ring. We get rings for winning that. So we were like, man, if we don't get some jewelry and a banner, we failed. You know what I mean? Um, oh, okay. And it took, it, it took us a long time to get there, though. Like, when, when they played juniors, they were dominating. I was playing seniors. I was like, man, these guys are killing. Like, I want to I hoop with them. Finally, right. it comes to, like, grade 11, and we're all mixed together. And for some reason, we suck. We, we were really talented, but we couldn't, we couldn't win. We couldn't figure out how to mm. put all the pieces together. So it was a gradual, it was a gradual increase in uh, productivity across the board. Wow. Um, and, you know, we finally, we finally got to putting it together, clicking in our senior year. Um, and, you know, it, it felt like, you know, we couldn't be stopped in the city. And then when we got to the States, um, you know, it was, it was pretty dominant all the way through when we ended up winning that ring and that banner that we always wanted. So the, the, the toughest team that year to beat, who was it? Man, that year there was a there was a couple tough teams. Man, it was always the Toronto teams. We always it was always like you got <laughs> always you gotta, the Toronto guys. Man. Always, man, you always got to get past Pickering. You always got to get past St. Michael's. Um, like these teams, these teams were tough, man. And and those kids were from the inner city and big cities. You know what I mean? Mm. Those, that's where it really became like. Thank God we were prepared by going across to Detroit and playing against yeah. these guys with all that knowledge and experience and toughness because when you start to play in those games, that's where it's all going to come out. So those wow. Toronto teams are always the ones to beat. Now, before we move into your recruiting process, give us some of the names of the the, the top guys to come out of Canada. Man, we had, we had a lot of guys. We had, at the time, Wiggins, who's a couple of years younger. Wiggins is just skyrocketing at the time. Um, you know, we, we had a lot of guys like Deshaun Pierre, um, a ton of guys that I've seen through the through the process. You know what I mean? I keep running into guys in the G. I'm like, man, I played against you in high school. Or I played against you in this uh, AAU yeah. tournament and this and that. So we, we had a handful of guys, but a lot of it, um, we played a lot of guys from Detroit. So like I was always uh, I was always following like James Young. Um, he was mm-hmm. someone who size wise, he's like six, seven, but he played my position shooter. Um, mm-hmm. He was getting a lot of recruiting uh, opportunities at the time. And I was like, man. If I was over there, that you know, I could do that job. You know, I could I could be like right. this guy. Um, so when when you go across and you're playing against these guys that have all these opportunities and they're highly highly uh, ranked and you know everybody's watching, it's like man, you gotta you gotta perform these guys and show that you belong. And, and we were able to do that. So now, did your family have a recruiting plan in place? Because again, coming from Canada, because I I guess my question also is was was the plan to get in the states? get in the United States and play ball? For sure. It was, it was always, uh, it was always an aspiration, a dream of mine to play division one basketball. Um, I didn't know what level was my ceiling. I just knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, and you know, coming out of where I was from, the recruiting wasn't crazy. There wasn't coaches coming down to Windsor and watching our tournaments or, you know, we were winning all these games and, and it, it felt like no one was noticing. Um, so my recruiting was, was kind of quiet coming out of high school, really. Um, and mm. that that really led into my decision, like, all right, you know, I had a couple like men majors um, and I thought that was kind of the ceiling. Um, but it led into my decision, like, why don't I go the JUCO route? Um, you know, I could put another couple pounds on, improve for another couple years under a great coach, Todd Franklin and Vincennes, um, mm. who have produced all these D1 players. And, you know, I could really raise that ceiling, raise that bar for myself. Um, and that's where it really picked up. It's crazy you say Vincennes because I went to uh... – I went to junior college at a uh, mineral area junior college in uh park Hills, yeah. Missouri. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of people was like, you know, they knew about junior colleges, but it wasn't a, a big thing. Like, you know, right. where people were like, if you didn't go D one, like, well, your dream is just playing right. ball. It's over with. It was like, no, it was like junior college was, was crazy. Nice. I mean, talented. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got dudes. Uh, I remember Anthony Bean point guard for K state. He played mm-hmm. at Three Rivers Junior College, and he wound up, you know, graduating Three Rivers and then getting another ride to K-State. Yeah. And I'm looking at this dude playing on TV. Like, I'm like, damn, I was just playing against this dude last year in my exactly. league, in, you know, for middle area. And a lot of people think the junior college, uh, you know, that, that it's just not – it's not good ball. Or, but um, you you here, to, you here to back me up and Man. speak to him, tell him about it. And Man. I love Vincennes Arena. Oh man, yeah, we had we had a great arena. We got a great gym. Facilities are really nice over there. But yeah, yeah. I, I definitely I definitely feel what you're saying. When it was time to make a decision, and it was like I'm starting to lean towards the JUCO route. Guys are like, oh, you know, it kind of starts to die down. Like, oh, maybe you failed. 
You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. didn't you didn't get where you need to go. Uh, you know, you're not going D1. It's like, oh, I thought you were good enough to go D1. Like, what happened? Yeah. And it was like, for me, I, I was young going through that. But it was like, at the same time, I recognized that this could be a stepping stone to to get to where I want to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Academically, like, I'm not even there. You know what I mean? I yeah. Like, my, my yeah. grades got to improve. Like, my mental has to improve. My body has to improve. Yeah. So if I need these this extra year or two in junior college, um, like, I don't mind that. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's not going to always be a straight path to D1s. But I knew where I was coming from, and I knew that the recruiting not going to be crazy. So it's like I could yeah. go wake them up in a JUCO and see where I could go from there, which was which was honestly the best decision I could have made. Yeah, because you woke their ass up. For sure. <laughs> you For woke sure. their ass up with all American honors, damn it. For sure. But you but you did something that most guys don't do because you hear even yeah. high school coaches and Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba. AU coaches would say, listen, man, if you get an offer. Take the offer. Detroit right. Mercy offered you. And right. you was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, what was the process right. in that? I love Detroit Mercy, too. Um, I love the coach there. I love the team. I went across and I watched their games a ton, um, worked out with them a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the school. You know what I mean? It's close to home. Um, but it was more like, uh, I think I think at the time I was really betting on myself. Like, I think... I think I could I could do better and get more offers and be a better player than to just settle on like my loan offer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and it wasn't anything against Detroit Mercy. It could have been any school. I just right. thought I had more in me than that. So I was like, man, let me really like push myself here. This is going to be a tough path. Like, I, and I knew going to Vincennes, I knew how crazy Coach Frank was. Um, yep. I knew I knew that JUCO life is not a glamorous life. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not going yep. D one. You're not. You don't got chefs. You don't got any of that. Um, but I, but I knew that that's where I could thrive and really get better and really raise the bar for myself. So it was, it was a tough decision coming out cause you're young, right? Like at the time you care about, you know, what people are going to say and what it's going to yeah. look like. And you know, why, why wouldn't you just take that offer? That's the best offer on the table. But for me, I was like, man, why would I, why would I take this offer when two years down the road, who knows who could come in the gym and, and offer me, you know, you know what I mean? And, and I needed that time to develop personally. Uh, so I felt like that was the best decision for me. And I was glad I made that one. Mike, how did you how did you feel you handled and matured over those two over those years at Vincennes leading into Kentucky as far as your academics and being on point, being on time for class? Yeah. That having that whole schedule down and regimen in your head and body for the mm-hmm. whole 12 hours, you know what I'm saying, for a whole day to be able to maintain that. Did you feel yeah. you you put that implement you implemented that in Vincennes? Like and it just carried over? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think during that time, I really had locked in. Um, throughout high school, you don't really realize how things are going to affect you. You know what I mean? I'm kind of like, yeah. I'm kind of here to hoop. And like the class stuff, it wasn't super important to me. Yeah. It's like, nah, now I'm at the end of my high school career. Like, well, I don't got what I wanted to have by this point. Um, mm-hmm. And that that's only on me. You know what I mean? I have right. one more opportunity to get this right. Like if I go Juco, I got to dial in. Like, I got to be a better student. I got to be a better player. I got to be more coachable. Um, I got to take care of business. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to, I wanted to do better. Um, so I had to, I had to perform better and really raise the bar. So, um, I feel like that's definitely where I locked in. Not to mention coach Frank wasn't playing none of that, uh, right. missing class, being late for practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you sitting your ass down. So, yeah. uh, like it, we had, we had great leadership, um, but also mentally, um, you know, obviously as you get more mature, you start to realize like, man, Juco is like, this is going to be my last shot at getting what I want. So it's like, you, you better dial in. Right. I, I know that. I, hey, Will, I know going from Vincennes food, uh, cafeteria and, and, and the live and the lifestyle to Kentucky. I know it was like, we have a chef here. We have a choice of foods that we can eat every day. Yeah. But, but Mike, before you jump into that, I, I, I want our listeners to, I want them to get an even deeper understanding of, because this is, it happens on all levels, but, but also at the Juco level too, were there days where you were questioning that decision? I mean, I think, I think anytime that you choose the hard path, um, there's going to be days where you're struggling. Um, It's tough, man. Like, did I make the right choice? Should I, should I went like in a different route? 
Um, you know, is this the right situation? Am I tough enough for this? You know what I mean? Um, and there were definitely days like that, man. There were definitely days like that. And I had great teammates around me, um, guys from Chicago, guys from all over the States who, you know, they recognize as well, this is our opportunity here, man. Like this is going to be tough. Um, but we helped each other get through it. And that was important for us. That's huge there, man. Cause so for often sure. you see guys, man, and this is on any level, they get to school yeah. and what they thought yeah. it was going to be, it, it it's, yeah. it's not quite being what they thought it was going to yeah. be. So yeah. but we do want our, our, our young folks to know, man, and you said something, Mike, that I thought was so interesting that we had not heard from any of our guests, but I'm sure they went this route. We just didn't talk to them about it, but you said you bet it on yourself. Yeah. I mean, what courage does it take to do that? And, and being being a young man at the time to make that decision, did you even know what you were doing? I mean, I don't know if I if I had a full grasp on what that decision meant. You know what I mean? I think I just knew that I could raise the bar and raise my ceiling. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I wanted to see how high that bar could get. And I knew that going the JUCO route was the best route for me. It might not be the best route for these guys who, could, who can academically get in or, you know, they're mm-hmm. bigger, stronger at the time they can get in. It's going to be fine. For me, I was like, man, like, I think I could really change my route if I if I take this long path, I take this long journey. It's going to be harder. I'm like, yeah, it's going to burn two years of my eligibility. You know what I mean? But at the same year or at the same time, it's like that. this is where I'm going to get better and this is where I'm going to grow. Um, and there, there's no better place to do it. So I, I just knew that that decision would pay off in the long run. Um, and if it didn't, it didn't. But at least at the end of the day, I'd know I, you know, I tried my best with this. I, I took the yeah. path that I thought I could, I could really excel and would make me the best. So wherever, wherever the chips fall, like that's where they fall. And payoff did it. After two years, man, you move on to D1. You go to a true blue blood. I even man. hear the grass is down there blue, AG. I mean, that's what they say. <laughs> they, they say the Kentucky grass is blue down there. I mean, what an amazing story. But uh, how did Kentucky come about? Would you consider in other schools as well? I was considering a lot of schools. Um, in my first year, my my uh, JUCO coach was really, really about, like, focus on now. Don't worry about he, – he didn't want you to commit. He didn't want you to really talk to coaches too much. He was like, man, you got to thrive during this season. And at the time, um, that's tough for kids. You know what I mean? A lot of us are coming in situations where we didn't have that type of recruiting coming out of high school. So mm-hmm. um, by, the time, by the time my second year rolls around, early on, I'm getting a lot of calls, a lot of letters. Coaches are showing up to the gym. And that could be distracting for a kid in college. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I'm good. Yeah. Um, and, and, it makes, like, and it makes you feel good for a kid who wasn't getting, on, getting those letters. You know what I'm saying? It makes you feel sure, good sure. getting college letters. Yeah, and all of a sudden you're like, man, like, I, you know, not that I didn't expect this, but I didn't know how it would feel when it came. I didn't know, I didn't know where the opportunity would come from, and I, I didn't know how I would deal with that. Um, but my coach is really like, man, dial in. Like, don't worry about all this outside noise. Like, we'll deal with that after the season. Like, you got to have the best season of your life right now. Um, mm. And I was thankful for that. You know what I mean? Guys weren't rushing to commit. Um, you know, I, I remember I verbaled um, early and I was like begging my coach, coach, do you mind? Like, you know, I know you don't want guys to commit and this and that, but I feel like this school might be, uh, that might be the best it's going to get. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is, mm-hmm. this is one of my favorite schools to watch in college, like this and that. Um, and he's like, man, if you really want to commit, you can commit. But when it's the end of the year, you're going to have different opportunities and recognize that. And I'm kind of like, man, coach, no, this, this might be the one, this might be the one. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, by the time three quarters through the season roll around, I got tons of schools calling different schools. I never thought would be, would be knocking on the door. Um, and so I was, I was really thankful for him keeping that in perspective for us. So the Patino, so, so the, right. The, the, the Patino, did, did he get on the jet? Did he fly to you? Did you fly to him? How'd that go down? With, uh, so I, I was recruited by Louisville, and I went down there, um, and I had a workout and stuff like that, and it was kind of like, well, I'm not going to commit right now. Um, you know, I, I'm not really sure. Um, I, I don't really have time to take all these visits, but I definitely got to I definitely got to start right. weighing them out. Um, by the time the end of the year rolled around, Kentucky was really the, one of the last ones to come in. Um, all of a sudden, uh, I get a phone call. I'm in the middle of the class. I, I excuse myself, go out. It's Coach Cal. I'm like, I'm like uh, trying to keep it cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but this is Calipari on the phone. Like, I, I didn't expect this type of thing. You know what I mean? Right, right, He's like, right. man, I'm going to be, da- I'm going to be down there uh, in the next few days, you know, I'll watch you play um, and I'll meet with you guys, you and your coach. And, and we can, we can go from there. 
And all of a sudden, I'm like, man, this is the highest level of college basketball. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's that's something that you you can't really prepare yourself for going into JUCO. Like, you have no idea. I'm I'm kind of like going to JUCO. Like, I'll be happy with with a mid major. Like, I'll be happy playing Division One basketball. Those are my aspirations. Like, I thought that was my ceiling. But when I when I went to Vincennes and, and really dealt with those guys, you realize like there is no ceiling. You have no idea the opportunities that could come your way. Um, right. And then finally, finally, Coach Cal hopped on the jet came down wearing wearing the whole fresh suit um we sit down we're talking with my with my juco coach coach frank who's the one that's always don't commit don't talk about the nba don't even have the nerve to talk about pro you know what i mean <laughs> right and uh coach cal looking at me in my eyes being like you do you want to you want to play in the nba like you want to play pro and i'm i've been so i've been so programmed <laughs> to like don't talk about it i remember I, I, i'm looking at him and i look at my coach like and he's like say it He's like, say it. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. Absolutely. That's, that's, why, I'm, that's, that's what this all been about. Yeah, Damn. absolutely, man. Absolutely. So it was tough. Once you, once I got down to that visit in Kentucky, um, by the time I left Lexington, I'm at the airport with my mom. Like, mom, like, Maybe we should hold just on, leave these papers. On, we might as well just leave these papers back here. Back that up. Back back that up. Rewind that. You you gotta uh -huh. you gotta give us what that visit was about. You just can't. Oh, she ain't man. gonna try to slide that in there, AG. <laughs> give us that visit, man. Give us that visit. That visit was that visit was crazy, man. Um, you know, obviously I hadn't seen a college campus that was that elaborate, that big, um, right. that in love with basketball. Um, you know, I go down there, it's like after the season, that's the, that's the year that all those guys got drafted. Um, after that undefeated season, heartbreaking uh -huh. in, the, in the tournament, um, we had like, they had like eight guys get drafted or something like that. And so yeah. damn near none yeah, of the right. players on campus, we had a few guys on campus. Um, but I'm working out with like Tyler Ulis and, and Marcus Lee, um, going through workouts. I'm like, this is high level. Like, you know what I mean? Like this is, this yeah. is different. And, uh, I'm seeing TU and he's from Chicago, right? Um, mm -hmm. he got, he got the toughness, you know what I mean? He's, he's saying he's coming back and I'm like, man, that's the point guard I want to play with. You know what I mean? And, yeah. um, you know, that, that visit was, it was strictly business, man. Like a lot of these, a lot of people ask me about that. Like, Oh, how fun was your visit? I'm like, man, I wasn't coming out of high school. Like none of this was about fun for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like right. I worked out, I went and saw how classes were. Um, I talked to academic tutors. I talked to all types of people who are like getting the, getting the things in place where you're going to succeed off the court. Um, mm -hmm. And th these are things I was focused on at the time. Cause I'm a little bit older at the time. Uh, and I, I have, I recognize like, this is an important opportunity, man. Like I'm not down here to party or, or have fun. It's like, man, where, where am I going to be able to get this job done? Um, and they, they did a great job on selling that. They, they knew that these guys, they're here to be pros, man. And if you want to be part of this culture, like that's, that's what you got to be about. And I was ready to I was ready to adopt that quick. Hey, paint the picture for me of y'all practice facility, like y'all like y'all little chilling quarters. Right, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot different than in Vincennes, man. I'll tell you, we weren't <laughs> we weren't hanging out in our in our dorm rooms or uh, ordering pizza or none of that. We you walk in, man, it's it's a it's like a professional facility, man. It's right across. We got a we got a lodge that uh, all the players stay at. And they're like, basically, this is the type of thing. It's like, yeah, it's all business. Like, we all stay in this one in this one dorm. You don't go get an apartment. You don't go stay with the rest of the students. It's like, you're going to be across the street from the gym. Like, if these, if, if people you know in class are hanging out or doing papers or doing whatever they do at eleven o'clock at night, it's like mm -hmm. they're they're telling you like, you want to be a doctor? Or you want you want to hoop? Like, what do you want to do? Like, if they're if wow. they're in if they're out there doing whatever they're doing, you got to be in the gym, like do what you want to do. So it's right wow. across, like quick walk right into the gym. So uh, so the you, gym, so the gym was open and available to all you guys at any point of the day, any point of the day, any point of the day, three in the Damn. morning. You want to, you want to go over there and get shots up. You, I could literally go over and knock on one of the managers. All the managers stayed with us in the lodge, right? I go knock on Mike's door. Yo, Mike, I want to get some shots up. And he's on his way. He, he's rebounding two in the morning. Don't matter. What? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they had, they had all that set up for us. And, you know, it, it was awesome. There'd be a lot of nights we just walking by the gym and it's like, all right, we're going to go empty the rack. Like, just let's see how many off the rack we can make before we go to bed. Like, 
it don't really matter. Wow. Um, and, and that was awesome, man. Uh, it, it's a crazy facility over there. The, the practice gym is nuts. Um, the, the weight room is crazy. Um, you know, it, it's, it's really high level, really high level. That's a, uh, and, and so you, you, I mean, that's what you call real SEC high level top oh, of the food chain, top of the food Ab- chain school. Ab- absolutely. I never seen nothing like it. It's, Honestly, I've I seen professional facilities that, you know, I'm like, you know, Kentucky is competing with that. Like, and no, no problem. No problem. Yes. G- yes. Mike, yes. for real. You, you've seen you seen other facilities and you love you thought to yourself like, oh, Kentucky shit like look better than this shit. Absolutely. Absolutely. No. And what? Hands down. Hands down. But I got I got I got to ask you this, Mike. When you walked into the facility, the practice facility. Because Marquette got a beautiful practice facility, too. When you walk in there, yeah. man, you see D-Wade. You yeah. see all Doc Rivers. You see, man, you see images. You see jerseys. You see everything. Mm-hmm. What were you thinking when you walked in there and you see all these banners hanging up there and man, retired jerseys and all this other stuff? Man, it was crazy. You see all the banners from the national championships, and you're like, that is wild. Like, I was watching that on TV a couple of years ago. I had no idea. I had <laughs> nothing, no affiliation with Kentucky. You know what I mean? Um, but what really stuck out to me is all across the wall up top is all it's pictures of all the players and all their like Panini cards blown up. All these guys who have been drafted playing in the NBA. And I'm talking about it fills the wall. And wow. you're like, man, I, I got to get my picture up there. Like, I got to get in. Like, you know what I mean? They got a whole wall yeah. of players. And there's no, re- there's no reason with this type of facility, all the opportunities given to us, there's no reason why you can't get up there. So it was, it was yeah. a big moment walking in there and being like, man, this is, this is real. Like, and I, and I can do this. Like, Well, my two favorite uh, Kentucky teams is one with uh, the, uh, the cardiac kids, uh, uh, Jamal Mashburn them, mm-hmm. and then the one with uh, Tony Delt. Yeah, I love Hell Tony yeah. Delt. They're, they're my yeah. two. They're my two favorite Kentucky teams for sure. Since you said it, it has this business mentality, business atmosphere, you here really, like you said earlier, to prepare yourselves for the pros. Yeah, yeah. How how was it being in an environment like that, and then playing for a coach who was leading that? What was it like playing for Coach Kyle? Man, it was awesome, man. Uh, you know, all he would talk about is just being the best version of yourself and getting to that level. Like none of you guys mm-hmm. are where where you can be by the time you're done this process, right? Um, they would have, you know, before the school year starts, they'd have all the guys who have been drafted before they go to their spot. They all come back. We all play pickup. And it's like, this is this is high level mm-hmm. pickup. You know what I mean? This is serious. <laughs> and uh, it, it's like, man, like you got to, you got to prepare yourself for this. This is the lifestyle you want to live. You got to prepare yourself for this. And the whole time it's about business. It's about becoming your best version. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Being able to, being able to not just on the court, but off the court, be a professional, prepare yourself for the things that come with being a professional athlete. Um, and I think coach Cal, you know, I think he's the best in the business when it comes to preparing guys for that next level. So that was really important to all of us in our development um, and understanding what comes next. I love when Coach Cal say this. You guys come here, you will be able to change your your family's generational life. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Yeah. Your kids' kids are going to be able to. I mean, that's how God, I love that's, what he's going to that's tell how me. He, that's how he talks. And, and, you know, the fan base is funny. Some of the fan base, it's kind of split. Um, some of yeah. the fan base is is like win national championships. It's about the school. It's about the program. Coach Cal and the rest of the fan base is like, it's about the players. Yes, the national championship games will come. Like our, our program success will come. But it's, it's about you as an individual player. Like where, where can you go? Like how far can we take you? And if, if yeah. you individually work hard enough, we can bring it all together collectively and win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he's yeah. more focused on making you a pro than he is at, you know, developing a national championship team. He cares more about those individual players than he does about an, an end of the season championship. Like, and that's, yeah. that's what some of the fan base has a hard time gripping on. Cause it's like, man, they want the natties. Right. And it's like, yeah. coach Cal is like, no, I want these kids to succeed, man. Like this is their opportunity. Yeah. Like this is what they came here to do. And like, whether that means you got to leave after one year, it's like some of the fans are like, oh man, don't leave us. Like we could, you could come back and win. And coach Cal is like, 
uh, you played so well, like you can, you are not coming back. Coach say he's sitting in the living room and looking around, the, looking around the, the, the students, the, the, the ball players crib and like, well, you can say goodbye to this. Exactly. <laughs> like, man. exactly. You won't be living, you won't be living like this no more, mama. I guarantee you that. Exactly. And I seen, I saw a lot of that man firsthand where it's like, you know, guys are coming from really, really tough situations, man. You know, yeah. Like, like Bam is a great example. Bam coming from a yeah. tough situation, single parent home. His mom's an angel. You know what I mean? She did everything yeah. to provide for him. She could. Um, and all he wanted was to get her out that situation. And, yeah. you know, I remember he came in and bought in immediately like, man, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be athletic, block shots, be a monster. And we're all sitting in the film room. It's a bunch of kids and we're in college. This is before the yeah. deals. These, these kids are making some money in college now. Thank God. But this is before, right. you know, we're, we're, we got a couple dollars in our pocket. Not much. You know what I mean? We're not no yeah. extra, no extra cheese at Chipotle, please. Like, you know, like <laughs> we're trying, we trying to save that. And we're all sitting in the room together. And it's like he's looking at he looks at Bam like I talked to an NBA guy the other day. And he said you could be a hundred million dollar athlete if you just do the base of what you need to do. Like, that's not even your ceiling. Like you could be a hundred million dollar athlete. And when you wow. say that to a kid who all he wants to do is take care of his mom. All his he wants mom. to do is get her out that struggle. It's like, he's not the type that was doing that for, to go get a car or to, you know, get some jewelry or, right. you know, live, live like wealthy. He, he's like, man, if I do that, I can get my mom a new crib. And now who's right there with him. Same, same condo building his mama. Right. Yeah. So he, be- um, and he, be- he, and he believed coach Cal when he said that shit, like, okay, abs- absolutely. I'm, I'm going to do that. Absolutely. And you know, <laughs> Kenny, Kenny Payne and all those guys, they, they would push that into into your mind, like it, this could be. This is not just an opportunity to change your life. Like you could change your entire family situation with this. So you got to take this seriously. Think about it, Will. This dude and coach. I mean, Anthony Davis, Julius Randle, man, Bam, Malik Monk. I mean, I mean, this dude got a fraternity of guys that he has. They've only stayed in the league what well, well, max well, what two this? or three years. Yeah. How about this? Look who, look who, uh, look who Mike played with. He started mm-hmm. with Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and then yeah. he went to play with with De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, and Bam. Yeah. I mean, I, we just got to ask this man because I actually saw De'Aaron Fox play in high school. I thought he was a pro then. He was. <laughs> he, he was. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you go into these practices. What is the mindset of the players? Is everybody thinking, hey, because we talked about earlier, business, are you thinking I'm a pro, I'm a pro, I'm a pro, or I'm working to become a pro? It, it's a mindset of I'm working to become a pro. I, I have everything in front of me in place that right. if I do what I need to do, this, this could happen. This should happen. Um, and that's the mindset. It's so competitive because it's like, man, everybody knows that this is their opportunity and the better we do collectively, the better everybody individually will do, right? So um, it's so competitive in the practice that when it comes to the games, it's easy, right? It's like these guys, there's no way, you know, I'm playing against, uh, say we're playing against whatever school, Texas A&M. It's like, yeah, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going up against Jamal Murray and, and Isaiah Briscoe and Tyler Ulis in, in that game. You know what I mean? Um, and mm. we, I've been battling with these guys all week. So it's like we should be able to smack whatever team come in front of us if we bring that competitive edge. And we, we knew that that's, that's how the practice environment needed to be to make sure that those games were easier. Wow. We've had you for a minute, but we got this thing we want to do with you. It's called halftime. Let's do it. AJ and I, man, we're going to ask you some, some quick hitters. And we just want to see, man, how you respond on your feet with some of these quick hitters. All right, let's uh, do it. Before we jump into the NBA and your G League experience. But three toughest visitor stadiums that you played in in college kansas kansas was crazy loud florida was always tough too um and then a lot of the neutral sites when we played duke kansas all them teams north carolina um those are crazy too but um, i would say kansas probably florida and you know where it was hard to win was in tennessee tennessee was tough man they're gonna be really? they're gonna be yeah, they're gonna, they beat, they gonna, they gonna beat your ass in there you don't. You, you, if you win, you coming out bleeding. Like that's for sure. <laughs> you know, it's sure. funny. You know up. who I thought you was gonna say though? Huh. I thought you was gonna say Louisville is one of those. Man, Louisville. Louisville was awesome. Um, that state is so divided, blue and red. 
Um, yes. Half the, half yeah. the crowd wearing blue, half the crowd wearing red. Louisville got to be got to be up there. Yum Center's dope too. Yum Center's serious. <laughs> Give me your uh, your toughest players you guarded while at Kentucky. Uh, I'm Jamal Murray. I've guarded Jamal every day in practice. You ever run around with some guy making insane shots like that? <laughs> Tough. Yeah, off off, e- off off either leg. Oh man, either, either leg, turn around. It looked like a bad shot. Get back on defense. Like it, it, going in. Um, I was, I would say it, all on my team, man. Jamal Murray, Briscoe, and uh, T. Ulis, man. T. Ulis was, was mm. insane. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember him in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> something else, man. Here's one for you, man. Top five tracks on your playlist right now, and then give me your top three artists of all time. Tracks on my playlist. My playlist bounces around, man. I listen to like mixtapes, um, albums, whatever, but um listen to a lot of J. Cole. Um, so when I before games and stuff like that, I'll listen to the warm-up. Reminds me of, you know, being even before high school, um, where I wanted to be and how inspired that music made me feel. Um, mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of a lot of Big Sean. He also has a lot of inspiring music, um, mm-hmm. you know. And I listen to a lot of like old school hip hop too. I listen to Nas, uh, Talib Kweli, uh, all types of stuff. So I really, I really mix it up. That's for sure. Give me your favorite sneakers to play in, and then your favorite sneakers to wear around. Favorite sneakers to play in are definitely Kobe's. Um, man, I was glad that they they got that deal back. I was definitely definitely <laughs> glad to hear that the other day. Um, but I love I love playing in Kobe's. Um, walking around, probably Jordan ones. Makes Dope. sense. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, man, if you wasn't playing basketball, what would Mike Mulder be doing right now? See, that's the that's the tough question, ain't it? Like, that's I think that's where that's where the inspiration came from. Like, I I have no clue. I I never had such a passion for anything else. You know what I mean? Basketball has been such a focus and such a passion for me that I really, I really didn't, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything different. I couldn't imagine going to work a job. Um, Like I got friends who who work in factories. I got friends who sell insurance in the financial sector, all this stuff, Mm -hmm. all these, all these good jobs. And I'm like, I just, I just never imagined that for myself. So I really, I really can't even answer what I think I would be doing without, without the game. I really, I really don't know. Wow. That's a, that's a, like a KG answer. <laughs> Kevin, Gar- Kevin Garnett answer. Kevin Garnett says, "Shit, kill me dead. I can't play yeah. basketball. I'm I got, dead." I, I, got, I got no other options. <laughs> All right, look, my son, do this. We heard you a gamer. You a PlayStation or Xbox? Oh, uh, Xbox, Xbox. Oh, okay, okay. And what, what, what you got? What you what, in your downtime? What you what you rocking now? What, what you playing? I play a little Call of Duty. Um, I've been playing PC lately. I got a buddy of mine who's super into the PC games. Uh, so mm-hmm. a new one that came out, Elden Ring. I feel like we spent like I probably spent sixty hours on that game since it came out. Damn, um, it's, like, it's like yeah, oh yeah. Well, I'm in Sioux Falls, baby. There ain't there ain't too much outside of hoops. Uh, so <laughs> That's right. Playing, I'm with yeah, Sioux Falls, some, baby. Putting some time on that. Um, but you know, I mix it, I mix it up, whatever, whatever the new games are, um, I tap in and definitely, uh, staying relevant in those, in those areas. What are three shows you watching right now to kill some time? I'm watching Sopranos for like the third time. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I'm watching Snowfall. Snowfall just came back on. So I'm definitely tapping into that. Uh, what else? I watch, I watch a lot of shows, man. I mix it up. Um, but I, I definitely repeat shows. Like I watched, uh, I watched the new, uh, season, De- uh, Dexter. I watched that. That was pretty good too. So <laughs> uh, they, they ended it. The ending was disappointing again. So they, they broke our hearts oh, twice. Yeah. Broke our hearts twice. Mike, do you have any game day rituals, game day meal or superstition? Uh, no real superstitions, but I definitely meditate on game day. Uh, I try to meditate as often as possible, but game day is a must. Um, once in the morning and once before the game, just visualizing, um, you know, what I what the outcome I want, um, mm-hmm. and obviously just the positive attitude and positive energy you can bring into into the game is always is always good. So uh, meditation is big. I feel that, and this this is a bonus one for you because you didn't answer it earlier. Mm. Three favorite artists of all time: uh, J Cole. Big Sean, and I need a, I need a third that's tough. I need a third that's tough. Really into I was really into Biggie tracks. I'm really into Biggie. Okay, wait. I'll wait for you to get the old school some love, man. Okay, <laughs> need a need an old school one in there too. Definitely. Got out a little old school with you. Fell on the fellow.
I'm the gold of my era. I've been a trending topic. I'm as fly as a feather. My pocket's macroscopic. See, with time, I get better. I'm always in the action, kid. No, I got it locked from Chicago where the toughest live. Concrete jungle, earn my stripes on the pavement there. You make it here, then you can make it anywhere. No comparison. Your game is embarrassing. No one can touch me. I'm all for going there again. Yeah, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a sealed fate. More faith. Think I'm balling like I'm Martha Agee. I'm box office, and one day they gon' have to pay me. Yeah, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a sealed fate. More faith. Think I'm balling like I'm Martha Agee. I'm box office, and one day they gon' have to pay me. Hoop Dreams, the podcast, and Unlearning Network production. Written and produced by Arthur Agee, Will Gates, Matt Hoffer, with audio engineering from Matt Savage. For more episodes, check us out at www.unlearningnetwork.com. Gotta be a dog to survive in this cold weather. Ice in my veins, no need for a warm sweater. I'm coming for it all, best believe I won't let up, yeah. Hey, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a sealed fate. More faith, think I'm ballin' like I'm Martha Agee I'm box office and one day they gon' have to pay me Yeah, I think I'm ballin' like I'm Will Gates I'm hoop dreamin', tryna fight against a sealed fate More faith, think I'm ballin' like I'm Martha Agee I'm box office and one day they gon' have to pay me Yeah.